Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Black Sons Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. No, Moses, because he's a slacker. Moses was out partying last night. We were all partying last night. <laughs> but the real ones made it in when it mattered. That's having a birthday week. Robert, at his age, you can't be having a birthday week. And you're a guy as well. Birthday week. It's only girls that have birthday weeks. Mm. Guys, but guys better have a birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you cut your cake, my life goes on. But it's the rock and the rock star. Yep. It's all you need to be honest. Back in the building. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, man. <sighs> all right. Do this. Sorry, not sorry. Oh. Pardon? Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, one for one, baby. One for one. Um, you went first last week. Can I go first this one? Go for it. All right. So, should Christians celebrate Easter? Yeah, I think Christians should celebrate Easter for the same for the same reasons they celebrate Christmas. No, mm. it's a it's a good reminder. Um, you know, Christmas marks the beginning of Jesus' life. Um, Easter marks the beginning of his second life. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and it and I think it's it, it's a nice reminder of you know his death and his resurrection. Mm. Um, and I think it's nice that it's 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 a it's a global time of remembering his death and resurrection. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's it's, it's nice that it's like a oneness within the body that on this day. Or mm. on this weekend, we're celebrating um, Jesus's Jesus rising again. Mm. I guess the the more the more um, specific question I was asking, or I should ask, is should Christians partake in the Easter egg hunts and Easter bunnies and all of that uh, that Ishtar aspects of Easter, which is very pagan. Um, I don't think any more pagan than Christmas is, and if it be no, it's not. I don't not any more pagan. Equally, yes, pagan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I feel like if I happen to do Christmas, we're happy to mm. do Easter. Mm. <laughs> but uh, just, but just don't let the Easter eggs and the Easter bunny over override the reason for your children as to mm. why we're celebrating this day. Yeah, just out of curiosity, because I'm happy with your sorry, not sorry answer, but how important to you do you think it is to know that those things aren't Christian um not very mm. because again is for me it's about a time of remembrance um mm. and you know for some people you need to dress up mm. especially, especially for children because children if you try and talk about used to being tortured and then put on a cross <laughs> <laughs> Z, like, Z, Z rec- she recognizes like the cross of Jesus because she's done it in Sunday school and stuff. So yeah. if you go past the church, she's like cross of Jesus. Like, <laughs> you recognize it, you see what it is, but I hope you don't know what it means. Yeah. Per se. Um, but yeah. Yeah. yeah and she was like, I remember being a kid and like seeing like crucifixes and like chains of people that got Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And like you don't really you don't really put the two together like like a guy's hanging there dying. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just looks like a pretty piece of jewelry. Yeah. 
Even yeah, even but, see people wearing like the execution chair, the electric chair, running. Yeah. Or the lethal syringe. Yeah. 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 But just like Christmas Easter is a good way is is a good way to get the kids into um, these biblical stories. Mm. Um, and it's something that that happens every year. So it's so like with every year as they mature, they get more understanding, so they can understand the story a bit bit more. Yeah. Um, and then one day they'll watch the passion and then they'll see the reality of, of the thing passion is actually a great movie a great a great retelling of the story yeah i i personally think i think it's important they they know but as you said it's, it's one of the things it's like it's important to know about sex but not at two years old eventually yeah. um just because you don't want there's this in as much as it's very pagan there's also misunderstandings as to how much of it is pagan. And so you have people making the argument, well, this is a you know, new harvest um, pagan festival. And then using that to say, well, then the Christian aspect of it isn't true. But that was just an inconvenience combination that I think is Augustine or Constantine, whichever one made, Constantine um, made. Uh, so it's I think it's worth knowing that those pagan elements have nothing to do with the actual Christian um, aspects of things. They just ended up being a matter of convenience for the powers that be at the time. Uh, yeah. But yeah. No, cool. Cool. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Okay. My turn. Um, do you think... Okay, let me start with a statement and then um, you tell me your thoughts. <laughs> okay, all right. So the statement is, I think that it's unfair that Noah um, is sometimes known as a drunk in the Bible because he drank mm. once. <laughs> he drank once after 40 days on the boat. You know, I think I might need to drink after that too. Mm. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I, so I guess the question is, um, do you think that it's wrong that Moses, in the same way David is known as an adulterer, is, is it fair that Noah is known as a drunk, even though he drank once? When you say known, so I don't think, I don't think they are known as, I don't think Noah is known as a drunk. And no, no, well, well, like, what I mean is, like, um, sometimes you hear pastors talking about like the great men in the Bible and mm. um, their downfallings, and Noah is and Noah's downfalling is is him being a drunkard. Yeah, so so that aspect of things I think is is fair, and and that's the point is um, because you mentioned David as well, and in as much as the downfall is, you know, he was an adulterer and a murderer and a schemer and a manipulator. Um, is also known as a man after God's own heart. And so um, I think it's, I think it helps to represent the totality of the human um, experience and how even the one that was considered righteous and perfect had a downfall. So I think it's more, it's more of an encouragement than anything else to say, you know, they were living in fairly, less gracious times if i for, for lack of a better way of putting it and so if even they who in such times were able to maintain such a level of righteousness as to be considered in noah's case perfect in god's eyes um 
and he still had flaws he still had errors uh, I think it's I think it's I think it's more of an encouragement that that fact is recorded that said I think it's also the consequence of that drunkenness because it says his uh his son saw his nakedness which if you read um in I think Deuteronomy in somewhere in the Torah that phrase is used for when a son sleeps with his father's wife so there is speculation that it could be and that's also why the curse is on his son Canaan it could be that his son was sleeping with his mom or some weird thing with um with uh Noah's um drunken stupor so yeah I think it's that consequence because we see the effects of that consequence much later on those descendants of that son end up being I think I don't know if it's the Philistines but they end up being or the Canaanites yeah which end up being a a problem for Israel and you see that curse trail all the way back up to that incident so I think it's I think it's those couple of things yeah you'd think after being on an arc watching the whole world get wiped out you'd be on a straight and narrow I guess humans go human. Well, yeah, yeah. Also, it, I don't think because it says he planted a vineyard. Yeah, I, he planted a vineyard and then got drunk. And it's almost like, well, he's planted something. You know, he's come out of this forty days eradication of, if not the world, you know, a bunch of people. He's planted something, and it's. It's not only grown and yielded; it's 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 harvested or it's provided fruit. Um, I am almost not surprised that in the joy of, hey, okay, we're we're back on track now. We're going to be able to sustain ourselves and live and and not die after seeing God, essentially, as far as Noah's concerned, kill everyone and everything. You know, it's it's not it's not even that bad a thing to to, to presume he would be a little excited and maybe overindulged. Um, but, yeah. Time to turn up. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm happy with that. Mm. All right. Let's get into the topic for today. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a funny... funny story. I found a funny story when I first saw it. So, um, Boris Johnson has decided that he's going to send... Asylum seekers to Rwanda. <laughs> Boris Johnson not pretty, whatever her face is. No, well, the conservative. I guess, yeah, they all have to agree. Because conservative men, them. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, um, all the people who are coming to Britain, I think via the boats, mm. um, Britain now have a, or are in the process of putting a plan together with Rwanda. So instead of them staying in Britain, they get sent over to Rwanda. And people are very upset about it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I just thought it was Rwanda that it was Rwanda? Yeah, it is. And, and secondly, I was like, is Rwanda the most worst place in the world when you're trying to escape war? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, so finish, finish the, you know, finish yeah. The so, so I was thinking, I was thinking that. I don't think I'm as opposed to it as other people may be. Mm. One, because beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> you want to be safe. 
Mm. You don't get to pick, pick where you're safe. And two, Britain doesn't have unlimited resources to just be taking in every, everyone. Mm. That's my take on it. How do you feel about it? I mean, but I don't imagine they're going to send them over to Rwanda and Rwanda is going to take care of them. Like, aren't we... Isn't Britain also sending funds and resources over there to help? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So my 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 I, I I'm curious. I'm really curious as to how that decision was made. Why Rwanda? Um, what what what's what you know what what's the what's the thinking behind that? Um, I'm I'm curious. I'm not curious enough to actually look it up, obviously, but it's been interesting. Um. It's been interesting. So, um, yeah, it's it's weird because I'm also wondering if it's just population densities in the city centres or whatever. Surely there are parts of the UK that are less dense um, population-wise that can take people. People have also been making the argument of the um, Russian oligarchs' uh, estates and stuff being used to house some of these people, which... Again, I thought well, that makes sense. That makes more sense to me than Rwanda at the very least. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about that, you know. They're Just because they're committing war crimes. I'm like, yeah. If no, no. Putin's committing war crimes. These Russian men don't want to commit war crimes. But these Russian men are funding him. Out of fear that if they don't, he'll put them in prison. Which is fair, but they're funding him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get I get that but so, uh, when you're that rich as well I, I wonder if it's if it's fear really if, when you're rich enough to own like estates in London are you really scared of being put in prison or are you just you know um, the, the, the reason that they're, they're, they're fearful is because Putin actually put one of these billionaires in prison and stripped him of all his money for real yeah that's how it began <laughs> Who's a G? Rough. <laughs> just like, let, me, let me make an example of one of these guys. But before it was it was the, the, the billionaires who were running the country from behind, from from the from, from the background. But Putin mm. came and said, nah, bro, this is how we go do things. Gotta respect that. You gotta respect and that. everyone steps in. Yeah. And, and, and for me, you know, you make your money in whatever made you make your money. Mm. It, it it wasn't a problem for you having these mansions before, you know. UK was happy for you to buy them, pay yeah, the, get, get, get a tax on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're happy, then you should be allowed to keep your stuff now. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. I know, and like I know, if I was a billionaire, I wouldn't want my my, my property being taken away from me just because of what my what my government did. And if we're being honest, mm-hmm. anyone who pays tax in the UK has paid for military stuff in other countries where the UK has done true, very true, very so true. we are we are just as bad by mm. default mm. maybe how do you say just as bad because there, there's a lot of smarts and rich um, rich lawyers and accountants that do a lot of gymnastics for the richer folk that don't do for us like the in as much as we pay taxes I don't I don't see that money at all it's taken before it comes to me <laughs> so it's a bit different where you know they they end up doing a lot of gymnastics to pay as little as possible um and, and even that's still like sometimes my entire salary so i wouldn't say as bad but you i get your point and your point is very valid 
Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious as to why Rwanda um, <laughs> and whether or not it would have been cheaper to move them to, I don't know, somewhere between Birmingham and Manchester or something. You know, some of those places that have significantly less people than London does, um, but wouldn't require, you know, sending them all the way to an African country and then those resources being funneled there. And, and in, in parts, it's almost, it almost doesn't necessarily make sense to me in that I imagine you house these people, but they're also going to be working and contributing to the economy. And I wonder if there's an element of um, this ridiculous prejudice we saw during Brexit that makes British people think that immigrants come here, take their jobs and, and take something that they're entitled or belonging to instead of the reality, which is they come for the most part and actually end up contributing significantly to society and mm. paying for you know, the benefits and the welfare that a lot of British people end up uh, enjoying. So I think it's so funny when you see people on benefits complaining about people taking jobs. People who, who who choose to be on benefits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous how easy it is to game the system. You see them like yeah. having tons of kids because of the benefits. And yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why, 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 Ronda will be interested to see how this plays out. But I don't know. I thought, well, I don't. I can't say it for a fact, but I don't know how how well not city centres would be able to handle an influx of of asylum seekers. I have to imagine better than an African country that has itself been in quite a few wars and has been uh, quite traumatised by war. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Rwanda would wasn't <laughs> in people's number one choice. But honestly, I'm not against the idea of people being sent away from Britain. That's just me. It's interesting because Especially- um, I was just looking out quickly and even people in Rwanda are like, some people, there's a, there's a headline here, refugee who fled torture in Rwanda <laughs> attacks UK asylum deal. So you go wonder what's going on there. But yeah. yeah. Well, let's see how this plays out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And just off the back of that, that got me to thinking about um you know wanting wanting to this idea about beggars being choosers. And bring it to Christianity and thinking about how um, you know sometimes we we want God to save us and provide for us in 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 the way that we want Him to. Almost like we almost like we want to to write the story the way we want it to be written. Yeah. Um, how do you think that as Christians we can go about combating such mindsets that? Um, God owes us. <laughs> God, God owes us maybe that car, the house that we want, or, or things to work out in, 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 in a way that is pleasing or easy for us. 
it comes down to doctrine. I, I really think it comes down to doctrine. I think that's one of the areas in which it's so dangerous to have poor doctrine, to have doctrine that presents God as this um, answer of prayer or, or ATM, you know, and, and what you find and it's in the prosperity gospel, it's in um, doctrines that I think are very, really, really dangerous is this idea of if you do something, you then are, um, if you do whatever, if it's paying your tithes or giving an offering or serving in church, if you do these things, then somehow God owes you something. Um, and I think, I think it's that really, really poor doctrine that is, that presents God as such, presents God as some sort of transactional um experience where your service your offering your whatever entitles you to god answering your prayer um, i don't even think it's just in the prosperity gospel oh no no um, it's not it's in a lot of, but it's definitely in a lot of sort of pentecostal charismatic places you know where, where there's there's a lot of emphasis on your service and 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 what you do more often than not for either the church brand or for the church leaders rather than necessarily for God, but that remains to be um, debated. But I, I think if, if God is presented as he is, which is this all powerful or sovereign being who um, is exceedingly merciful in that he even allows us to exist, but also desires a real relationship with us, um, which wouldn't be possible in our fallen state and thus has made for the opportunity to be reconciled through Christ, then you still see a, 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 um, a giving father, but I think you see him as that, a father who desires relationship and who, to whom you are accountable for your very existence, let alone everything else that you are blessed with. And so I think, I think that's where the, that battle needs to be fought is on doctrine and is on presenting as the Bible presents a full picture of God and not just the blessings and the territory expanding and the uh, destroy my enemies type um, aspects of God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that, um, you know, we as Christians need to keep in the forefront of our mind that, you know, like a bit like you were saying, um, God has chosen not to kill us and send us to eternal damnation, um, not because of anything we've done, but because of who he is. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like that is more than enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, like even if God never did anything else apart from that, you know, um, He's chosen to have grace and mercy on us, um, even if it is just until you know the second coming, where yeah. everyone will be judged. It's like we, we haven't automatically been erased from the face of the earth. It's it's funny because you talk about the second coming and in this sort of Easter period, I think one of the things 
that we should get pointed out is that prayer in Gethsemane that was recorded of Christ, you know, praying profusely, sweating profusely, um, and asking if possible that the cup is not given to him, but not his will, but God's will be done. And that complete surrender to God's will presented by Christ, I think, we end up or, or we really should like pay attention to because more often than not it, it, our prayers end up being what we think is best for us what in the moment feels like is the best for us what we truly want and desire and I think that prayer especially proves that what is more important is God's will for us and that our prayer should be that we are aligned with his will as opposed to presenting our own. And of course, the Bible suggests that we we bring our petitions before the Lord, which again is, I think, is demonstrative of his mercy and his kindness and his grace. Yeah. But I think more important is aligning ourselves with his will. Because Christ's prayer was actually that he doesn't suffer and die, which are both very bad for Christ. The, the, the suffering, the being beaten, the death is very bad for him. And yet, even under those circumstances, he was like, not what I want, but God, what you want. And how many times do we pray and like, yes, uh, I, I wanted the promotion, but not what I want, you want. It's like, no, Father, give me the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was finding it funny that would say, oh, God, can you do this? But not my will, yours. Do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 we're full well. We just want the job. We just want the money. We want what we want. (laughs) To the extent where I've heard preached before, and this I can't I can't get this out of my head. Someone used the example of King Agrippa, I think. Oh no, not King Agrippa, one of the kings in he in uh, Israel, who when God said it was his time to die, he was like, Oh, look at what I've done. We've rebuilt your temple, we've done all of this ABC, so give me more time. And God was like, okay, cool. I'll give you more time. And they end up using that time to like mess up his entire legacy and put Israel in a much worse place. And I've heard it preached. They ignore that bit and they're like, you know, do your service and pay your offering and uh, uh, come to church and do all of this so that if you get to a point and you're praying, you can say, God, look at what I have done. Give me what I, what I want. And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> Like we don't we see even Christ do the exact opposite of that. And yet that's yeah, what's been sent out. It's just like ridiculous. And what do you think about this idea of um you know God honoring the sacrifices that we make, which mm-hmm. again when you think about it is kind of quite trans transactional as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's in the same way as I would I would show appreciation for Zara wanting to do certain things. So Zara will sometimes go in and bring my shoes when, when she wants to go out because she's like, oh, here you go, daddy. Um, here are your shoes. And it's like, she has, you know, taken the time, gone to the energy, going to pick up the shoes and bring them to me. I can appreciate that. Um, I think it becomes problematic when, if she's to do that, she's to expect something from me, you know, and, and ex, ex, from her point of view, her heart posture is, I am doing this solely to get this from you. I think that betrays a 
less um, mature view of that relationship. You see that with the older brother of the prodigal son who was upset with his dad because it's like, oh, you've never given me a fetid calf. You've never done this. And everything you said, I do. And I think he had a sense of almost slave-like duty to his master as opposed to sonship to his father because his father then makes the point well everything I have is already yours and so I think it betrays a a lack of maturity if you are to look at the relationship with God as transactional even though there are elements of God honoring your sacrifice I think if you look at it as a father appreciating and uh, rewarding his child for doing something um it's different to a slave or even an employee doing his work and getting paid you don't look at your employer like a a father you look at them as I do a job you pay me that's transactional but then if that was your father it's I do a job you pay me but I feel like I feel like it's different I feel like the heart position is there is different when it's I'm doing this for my father because this is the right thing to do and he honors that sacrifice. I think that's more um, grace. That's that's God and His kindness, looking for excuses, which is the thing. God often is looking for excuses to bless people. So He's looking for a reason to give you anything anyway. Um, but I think when your heart becomes entitled to that, there's a problem, and it mm. ends up being a problem on our side as opposed to on God's side. God remains good and kind and gracious. But then when you're expectant of it, if your wife is expectant of you doing certain things and becomes entitled for it, even though there are things you want to do, it makes it, it sours the taste. It sours the experience of doing those things just because there's now entitlement where it could be something that you do anyway, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think we, we, we have to be... A bit, a bit careful around our language, mm. around these kind of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, because God isn't God, 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 God is a gift giver, but He's not a genie. He's not, He's not yeah. a tip for tap. Yeah, and, and it's also recognizing that yo, a lot of the things we pray for, if God gave, would actually destroy us. Like, how many times have you know, you I, I don't know how for you pray for a million pounds or whatever, but you know, you could pray for certain things. And if God is to answer those prayers, those things will actually end up being a downfall, they'll actually end up being destructive. A good example Elijah praying that he dies, <laughs> literally <laughs> praying, God, kill me. You know, God's like, okay, cool, you prayed for it, boom, there you go, there you go. but instead, God gives him some food, tells him to take a nap, and it's like, yeah, cool, <laughs> we got you all right. You know, so it's, yeah, I think it's it's more important to recognize that God's will will always be better for you than your own. And if you look at it like that, I think it makes it a bit, makes it a bit different when you even go asking for stuff. Oh. Yeah. So do you think that we just, so what kind of things do do you say that you don't even bother praying to God for anymore that you might have before? Oh, I mean, the, the best example for me was when I was dating Anita and I, I prayed that 
God helps us keep it clean. Um, I prayed that prayer once. It was once, prayed the prayer once. And it was so, for me, helpless. It was just like, I prayed it, left it for God. And that was it. Um, and he ended up doing it and reminding me. But it was just one of the things I just asked for once, never had to ask for it again. And then God just kept on doing it for me. Um, I think these days I end up, I end up always sort of um, being trying to trying to analyze why I'm asking for things and why I'm praying for things um, more so than uh, not praying for things. I end up asking myself, what, what, why do you want this thing, or, or what are you praying for? Well, if God doesn't give it to you, will you be upset, or will you see it as um, Him? protecting you for something and that ends up being my my position more often than not when I'm if I am ever asking for anything it's that that prayer in Gethsemane always comes to mind and it's I can't see beyond the next second but I know okay I want this thing god I would like this thing and if I don't get it it's cool when when I was looking for a job um when I knew I was going to start looking for a job one of the companies that I apply for, and you know, you you read you read about how um, you read about the company culture and the benefit pack and everything. And one company that looked super attractive, um, and I was like, oh yeah, this is what I want. This is the sort of environment I want to work in. And this was before the pandemic, so we hadn't really gone. No, this was this was sort of at the beginning of the pandemic, so there's a lot of remote work, but. It wasn't as sort of um, standardized as it is now somewhat. Mm. It hadn't become the norm yet. And so do the interview, um, get fairly fairly far. And now I'm like praying, oh, this would be nice to have. This would be good to be a part of. But again, not really like always at the back of my mind being like, even if God doesn't give me this job, he knows best, you know, and I'm in a role, stuff like that. But I ended up, well, now, as you may know, a lot of, it was with an energy company and it ended up being one of those energy companies that failed, that, oh, that failed after this thing and they've now gone bust, you know, and I'm Oops. like, <laughs> if God, so I didn't get the job, obviously I didn't get the job. Uh, I got through to the last stage it was me and someone else. And then they took the other person, um, and, you know, I back my mind, I'm like, oh, I really prayed for this. I really wanted this. I didn't get it. But cool. Thank you, God. Anyway, we carry on our search. And it was like, now, if I had taken that job and that had gone bust now, especially with like just other things going on and, and commitments that have been made, I would be in such a sticky place. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and as much as it looked like a good thing, and it was a good thing to get a job, to get a job in a good company with a good culture, um, God really does know best and that. that's why I think it's always important to align with his will as opposed to with, with our own um, mm. yeah do you do you have anything like that that you or, or what's your attitude when you're asking for something do you ask for something from God at all even I don't know um, I think these days no, no, there's like a couple of big things are like creates a good one. Obviously, mm. I want one house, want a better job, those kind of things. Mm. Uh, but when it comes to, did I pray to God about wanting a PS5? 
<laughs> I think I may have played it in passing. Thank God it will be nice to have a PS5. <laughs> if you've got one off of the truck, you know, just the first Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, like, for, like, the big things, I'll pray mm-hmm. to God for. Um, and not and not so much God give me this stuff. Like, I think it's more God give me the ability and the wisdom to navigate how to get to get, get to this place if it is your will um because like i don't think that the things like these big things that i ask for are necessarily like bad mm. and i don't think it's coming from a selfish place so like so it's so, so, like, like one thing how's like, the ps5 have... not a selfish thing who else is that for peter <laughs> I, I don't think you understand you, you, you know, I I initially bought it for me, but then I realized, but but then I realized that it 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 can and it has even already played into my my um pastoral calling scheme. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, in 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 that um. You know, it gives it gives you a thing for people to gather around. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, um, you know, I'd I'd like some of my brothers, and my cousins come over, mm. and we're able to just play some 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 Tekken and some more combat together, and we had the greatest time. Nah, I'm being facetious. A I know, I, no, 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 but it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a um, genuine question, mm. and I think that even with like the switch and stuff. Like there are the games I play by myself, but there are definitely games I get excited about because I know that I can play with people and that we'll have a fun time. And that's just mm-hmm. a time of being able to to like come together and you know have good times together. And I think that like wanting like a house, it's it's kind of that same thing of like mm-hmm. having a space where people can just come and be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also nice to, 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 to like own a house, you know, mm. <laughs> would, would, never, would it say that to stability and, 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 that, and the asset. Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, just the heart of wanting, wanting, um, yeah, a bigger place yeah. and more freedom to like be able to make noise and just have good times and stuff. Mm. Uh, still praying on becoming, becoming, becoming a multimillionaire so that I can give everyone money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make it happen, man. Yeah. If 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 I become a multimillionaire, you're getting a couple million. Just just so you know. I like the multi first. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it was just like one or two million. I need to keep all for myself. You need to hold on. <laughs> if it's like 100, 150 million, yeah. I can give away a million here and there. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> like, you you can't make a lot of people millionaires if you only have a million pounds. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's fair, that's fair. But yeah. if you've got 250 million, think about all the people you can make millionaires and still yeah. be a multi-millionaire yourself. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, fair enough. But I'm fully just banking on winning the lottery for that. 
I don't feel like I want to work hard to become a millionaire. <laughs> I just want a place in my lap. And that's probably why I haven't become a millionaire yet. So maybe once once my heart posture changes, mm. God will say, see, right, this guy's ready to be a steward of these millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I'm just waiting for God, do your work in me. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm expecting that. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. Mm. Uh, all right, let's move on quickly. Um, mm. Easter, it's Easter. Easter, um, happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Yeah, when you when you guys listen to it, it'll be the day after resurrection. Mm. Um, you, are you guys buying Easter eggs for Zara? We haven't, but if a couple have. Um, my, my younger brother bought her one, and my sister in law brought her one. Oh, that's um, you haven't even given it to her, to be fair. So, yeah, because not Sunday yet. Today. Oh, you give it on Sunday, yeah, that's oh. like Easter. It, my my experience with Easter eggs is I've always when I was well before I'd buy a bunch with the intent of giving it to like my nieces and nephews, and it'll be in a car and I'll be hungry and I'll eat it. That's so, the above. <laughs> Andrew had the Easter egg in the in the in the cupboard. One day I was just hungry, so I, I, I had to go eat it. I went, I, I ate it, and then I went to go and replace it. <laughs> and I tried to be so sneaky. Oh, it was so bad. So I went to go and buy it and, and plan was to just put it in the cupboard. But then as I was coming home, she was coming home too. So I was freaking off. Oh, but luckily she went, she, she, she went into the bedroom and I was able to sneak it into the kitchen. Only for her later on to say, so how was the Easter egg? And I thought I was so careful. I took all the wrappings, I put it, I put I got all the packaging, put it in the recycling. Mm. But I think I missed one. She found it. Found it. And then you know what? If it turned out she didn't even find it, she just expected me to have eaten it. So I got so I I, I got caught out for trying to be a girl. Oh, stress. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I had a there was a mini Easter egg at one point. Um, the you know the mini the mini eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So their Easter egg, they they did. Um, but for whatever reason, they did two types of it. So I had it, and I was trying to replace it as well sneakily. Um, when I say I started panicking because I went to every shop and I couldn't find the version that they had <laughs> given to uh, thing is Zara. And they only had the bigger version. That was just a weird, you know, more fancy one. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I can't do this again. I found it eventually, replaced mm. it. Yeah. Do you think, do you, do you think Easter eggs should be given out at church on Sunday? Or do you think that that's just, that is muddying the waters of, of, yeah, of, well, of secular? With the... Me, I think for me, there's a, it's, it's, a, it's a bit sticky because if I was to do it, if if or if I if 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 a church it was being done, I would sort of push for it to be done with that caveat or, or with that explanation, saying, "Yeah, this this isn't Christian, but you know it's part of whatever, and, and we're just doing it for the kids or whatever, and we give it out." But it it would almost be like if we're going to do that, then we have to do the explanation, we have to do the clarification. Uh, on, but but if you were running, first, uh, I mean, if if you were running children's church that week, how how would you um, 
relate eggs to Christianity. But that's the thing. You, I, I don't see how you can. Because I, I, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you, you would end up, you end up trying to build your own metaphor out of something that is quite clearly a metaphor for something else. This is a metaphor for the hypersexuality and um, productivity of rabbits banging all the time. Um, and creating bear like, rabbits don't even lay eggs so that's another thing <laughs> these are just symbols of fertility and 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 multiplying and stuff that were really only to do with a pagan uh, activity so I, I find it's 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 a stretch at, at best to build some sort of relationship between that and Christianity man would quite and, and that's why it will be hard because then you're having to go into a bit of church history with kids that don't care about all of that um, so it'll just be it'll be a bit difficult um, yeah I wouldn't recommend it at the very least but I was you, know, you do a you do a scavenger hunt or something because it's fun and you build into the I don't know God is looking for you I don't know <laughs> I think I think the children's leaders or children's people that are called to children's ministry end up having a, a lot more um, ability to do that uh, to build those sorts of relatable um, metaphors and, and get kids thinking about things in different ways. I'm sure someone could have a creative way of doing it. It just wouldn't yeah. be me. Yeah. Oh, um, I think we should round up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Because the day is starting. Well, I'm going back to bed after this, boy. I've been up since five. Why? I had. To, I promised I'll do the dishes last night, and I got back too late, so I wanted oh, to okay. do it before the missus woke up. That's so sweet of you, Peter. Look, at you being a good husband. Nah, I'm just making sure I fulfill my promises. Otherwise, <laughs> cool hookups. Yes, sir. Can I go first? Go for it. So mine is an anime. I don't know if you've ever watched this. So it's one of the shorter animes. I think this latest season is only three episodes, three hour long episodes. Carbonary of the Iron Fortress. No, I'm, 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 I'm watched that one. It's, it's really, it's a really nice one. So they're on like the second season. The first one, I even think, I think it was a movie, um, and they're doing the second season off of it, or it was a similar mini series um anime on netflix um but it's sort of a, a another take on uh like a like, like feudal japan slash zombies slash uh guns and yeah samurai it's, it's quite cool it's quite cool but it's a good it's a really good storyline through um and, and i think it, it's really well animated so cabinary mm. of the iron fortress yeah, check it cool. out. Alright, well, I'm gonna take Moses's hook up this for this week as well. He can't do anything. He can't do anything about yeah. it. Go ahead. So so my hookup is a YouTube page. <laughs> the to- <laughs> the tortoise whisperer. The tortoise whisperer. Yeah, basically it's this guy in America who has like a farm full of t- t- tortoises. Okay. And then he just Makes videos of like feeding them and showing us how they lay eggs and how they dig burrows and stuff. Mm. It's it's actually quite interesting to watch. 
Check it out. The tortoise response. YouTube is the greatest thief of time. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> the things on there that will take your time is ridiculous. Oh, it probably made. It probably made me think about wanting to have a turtle, but maybe when I have a, a bigger place. With- I mean, you need to stop. You need to stop watching stuff that makes you want to get stuff. Because, well, you wanted to get. There was that other animal you wanted to the get. Otter. You're watching the otter. otter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop watching animal YouTube. I'm gonna have a whole ecosystem in, in, in my garden one day. Cool. So that's that first hookup. Second hookup um, is is the anime as well that that just got released called Spy X Family. A nice little comedy um, anime. Um, it's about this family that gets put together. So you've got the dad who is an assassin. No, the dad is a spy. Um, the mother is 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 an assassin, but they, they but they both don't know that that they're a spy and an assassin. Okay. And then they adopt um, a daughter who is an esper, so like she can read minds. Right. So like she knows. That the, the dad is a spy and the mom is an assassin, but the mom and dad don't don't, don't know. But they've come together to create this family unit so that they can um, do their missions um, without being noticed. <laughs> and it's a nice little anime. Um, it's just come out on Crunchyroll, so it's coming out week after week. Check it out; it's great. Cool. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. So shout out to Reed for the intro outro music. Have not turn up with the ordinary amazing logo. You can find us on Twitter at the French UK, Instagram TBS Furnace. You can email us at tbsfurnace.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacks Furnace, no apostrophe. On all good podcasts, websites, apps, the Blacks Furnace with an apostrophe. And that's it. Yeah. So this is the Blacks Furnace signing out. Blah. Yeah.